welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Dr. Diane Rayson is a theologian who is now Senior Lecturer at the Pacific Theological College in Fiji. Her PhD in theology researched Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his potential contribution to eco-theology and eco-ethics, and the Church's role in combating climate change. Her book is Bonhoeffer and Climate Change, Theology and Ethics for the Anthropocene, Die preaches in the Anglican Church of Australia and overseas. She's a cellist, gardener and ocean lover. This is a reflection on John chapter 1, verses 29 to 34. Have you ever been a witness at a wedding? Maybe a bridesmaid or a groomsman, all dressed up and supporting a friend or a sibling as they wed? What a joy that is to stand alongside them and testify to the occasion confirming you know who they are and that they are eligible to go ahead and marry their partner. If you've seen four weddings and a funeral, you remember that excruciatingly cringe moment when Hugh Grant, playing the character Charles, well, his brother David objects to the marriage with Henrietta, Duckface, on account of Charles actually being in love with the lovely Carrie. The deaf and mute brother is a witness to the ineligibility of Grant's character as a groom. He knows his brother and his eligibility status. And of course, the result is awkward. But generally, being a witness at a wedding is a delightful time of testifying to love and commitment of a couple. Less enjoyable is if you've had to testify in a court of law as a witness to a crime, giving evidence of what you saw and how you understood a particular situation. The words of a witness carry great weight, providing testimony that will be used by a judge or a jury to help make a decision about someone's guilt or innocence and ultimately their future. The accuracy of the testimony is of paramount importance. The role of the witness is so crucial that you have to swear an oath that you're telling the truth. Truth matters. And so to John's Gospel. Unlike the three synoptic Gospels, it's a book written intentionally to testify to the truth of the person of Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, rather than portray a simple narrative. John writes so that we may know the truth and knowing it, we might worship God. The gospel reading here is all about John the Baptist as a witness to the person of Christ. John, Jesus' cousin, who recognised Jesus even when they were both in their mother's wombs, is now the first person in the gospel stories to recognise Jesus for who he is, as John says, the Lamb of God. 
instantly we recognize the Hebraic symbolism that John is invoking. The lamb has two functions, the sacrificial lamb that removes guilt or takes away sin and the Passover lamb that preempts reconciliation. As the gospel writer will go on to explain, Jesus is both the sacrificial lamb and the one who restores and reconciles all relationships. John's gospel places the Last Supper at the actual celebration of the Passover meal, for example. And Jesus isn't like a sacrificed offering that needs to be repeated, nor indeed an offering on behalf of only one tribe or people. Rather, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the whole world and reconciles the entire world into a new relationship with God. As Bonhoeffer says, there's no part of the world that is not included in Christ's act of salvation or healing. Salvation, to salve, to soothe, to heal. In the Gospel of John, there's a theme that runs throughout, and that is of bearing witness to the Christ. In this reading, John the Baptist is the first witness. It's he who first recognised the Messiah in the womb of his mother. Decades later, it's the baptizer in the wilderness who has prepared the way for the Christ. John states, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he describes that things once hidden would now be revealed. John is able to testify that this is the long-awaited Lamb of God because of what happens when John baptizes Jesus. John has been told that the one on whom the Spirit descends is the chosen one, and it's just as what was foretold. Not only does the Spirit descend on Jesus, but remains with him. In this very dense reading of just five verses, John the Baptist is not the only witness. Rather, Creator God is also testifying to the status of Jesus. God prepares John so he is aware of the sign. God comes to Jesus in the form of the dove. Creator God remains with Jesus, God incarnate, by God's Spirit, the Trinity is testifying that Jesus is the Lamb of God, testifying by visual sign and audible voice. All our senses are engaged too as we reread the account. The remainder of the Gospel of John will play with attention, things revealed and hidden, disciples confused and coming into deeper understanding, light and darkness, created world and the spiritual realm. Where John the Baptist is able to bear witness in these verses, later in prison he'll send messengers to check that Jesus really was the anointed one. Where the Lamb of God is the sacrificial beast, he is also the reconciler and redeemer. Where a violent, tortuous death of an innocent prophet takes place, resurrection and restoration will follow. 
It's the obvious conclusion to a sermon on the witness of John the Baptist to encourage us all to recognize Jesus as the Lamb of God and to testify to this good news. It's like the delight of being a witness at a wedding and knowing and testifying to the lovely couple. Instead, I'd actually like to rest in the tension of the Gospel of John. In a way, John's Gospel gives us permission to air our doubts and our uncertainties. I know I don't need to remind you that the certainty of faith can be sideswiped by the events of our lives. That like John the Baptist, we need to return to Jesus to check in that our faith is not misplaced. That like the disciples, we face God with questions and wild thinking and confusion. Years of so-called natural disasters can have us question even the seasons and climate in which we live and force us to face the existential threat to life on earth. Sea level rise is inundating communities as we speak, making soils too salty to grow food and water too saline to drink. It is drowning ancient burial grounds and flooding homes and villages. Around the world, in all kinds of ecosystems and terrains, hundreds of our fellow creatures are dying the permanent obliteration of species extinction. Biodiversity loss is as great a threat to life on Earth as climate change itself. This mass extinction event poses a huge moral challenge to humans and to people of faith in particular. Instead of responsibly caring for creation, we are causing extinction and complete ecological breakdown. Into this dreary situation, John the Baptist asks us to notice that the Lamb of God is among us, that the Spirit of God dwells within him, and that the Creator has worked to reconcile all the world. We bring to God our confusion, our distress and our desperation. We lament the inaction of our leaders and we examine our own complicity. And through all this, the gospel writer invites our questions, receives our unfaithfulness and witnesses to the one who reconciles and heals. This is the salvation of the Lamb of God. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.